Shani Rutt. Welcome to the LinkedIn Live with Jack Kelly. Good morning or good afternoon. Yeah. I don't even know what time it is. Thanks for coming, Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Hey, so let's just jump right into it. You have recruiting experience, HR experience, resume writing experience. So this is perfect for the audience at hand who, you know, trying to figure out what to do, whether finding a new job, you know, want to kind of grow within their own organization or just navigate their career. So by you having like all three of these pieces, that helps out a lot. Uh, true. I mean, I fell into human resources via uh, a really cool job in retail and worked in some retail HR for a while. And um, then when I decided I didn't want to spend my nights and weekends and holidays with the rest of the universe, I to keep this HR thing going. Somebody suggested I um, walk into in some agency recruiting. That's really where I got my my hard knocks with recruiting. I walked in and they're like, here's a desk, here's a phone, start calling for job orders. <laughs> so, um, you know, I moved my way through some lateral great positions, did all kinds of life cycle hiring, everything from industrial to legal, to professional, to executive, you name it. Plus I had to interview anybody that walked in the door because we were sort of in a public space in a, um, in a uh, career center, if you will. So anybody that walked in, you know, we all had our responsibilities and job orders that we needed to fill. So there was that too. And, um, you know, just once I left agency recruiting, I moved into uh, some generalist work with a healthcare facility that was very successful, had 14 locations. So I was basically human resources on that, the entire campus. and. Um, you know, enjoyed my time being everything HR, everything that walked in the door we needed, you know, part of an executive hiring team with all of the leaders of the facility and reported to the administrator and the director of HR at the corporate office. So that was some great experience. And then before I launched my own company, which turns 10 today. Oh my God. See, that's why I wanted to do it. This was a surprise. We forgot the cake, but like we knew this was your 10 year anniversary and we thought what a time for Shadi to come out and talk There's about four it. Four virtual solutions. I had I, the last stop on the recruiting train was Amazon. So that was, that was really fun. So yeah, so I just decided to take all my collective experience and do what I love the most and launch my company. And here we are 10 years later. It makes a lot of sense. So, you know, you had experience HR, so you know how that works. And then you're a recruiter, you know, starting from nothing, like you said, and just cold calling. So you have a feel for that. Now you could take, you know, those talents and say, hey, let me help people who are looking for jobs and put together resumes and give them advice. I actually saw so many bad resumes over the years in recruiting that, you know, I just, um, I was the only recruiter, I think, that stayed late and came in early and fixed up everybody's resume. This is back <laughs> in the day when you had to put a piece of tape over the person's name and the address and all that so other people couldn't call them for jobs. And I just had to pull up Word and make make a resume look, you know, 100% better. 
So that was just something I did uh, it just out of my own because I really wanted to have more success with filling my job orders, you know, with my best qualified person that I interviewed. Um, so I just always loved the resume writing. I wrote how many cover letters over the years? Cover letters are coming back though. I can't believe how many I've written. So with, with the resumes, well, you know what? Let me talk about the cover letter first because I thought that people weren't using cover letters anymore because I, I, I can't remember the last time I really saw one, but I do hear from a lot of people that, yeah, it's there. Like what, what happened? What made the resurgence? I, I have no idea. Um, I wish it would stop, though, because if you have a good resume and you have a solid LinkedIn profile, it just seems like a you know an extra yeah. piece of layer in the process that you know I would have thought would have fallen by the wayside. But um, truth be told, a lot of my clients in mid senior level executive roles. They are applying for positions online, obviously, like most people do today. And they are calling me and saying, well, this is before I offered it as a component in my career fundamentals package that I offer. Um, they would say, oh, my gosh, I've got the LinkedIn, I've got the resume, but now I need a cover letter. They, they won't let me get until I upload a cover letter. They won't let me fully apply. So I, I don't oh, know. Is that maybe is that what it is? That's a lot of these like workday ATS systems are calling for it. So now, you know, whether right. they like it or not, they they create that trend that you have. So to when talk. they go online, even huh. on LinkedIn, it says apply online or apply here. You know, they go to go to XYZ company mm -hmm. and they say, you know, it says uh, talent acquisition position, apply now. That's where they're getting hung up. They're they're applying directly on the company portal, and it's saying we need we need a cover letter. From mm. you. So, but, you know, I, I think, you know, if I was sending out a resume, I, you know, I would want to do a cover letter for myself because I think that's a great way to market yourself. You know, resume, and you're the expert. I'm not. I, I really, I haven't even i i haven't written a resume in like I can't even remember. Um, <laughs> but with a cover letter you know, you could really sell yourself, you know, why someone should hire you. You don't have to have that rigid format of a resume. You know, you can really sell yourself, market yourself, you know, talk, you know, give some insights that make them say, oh, wow, I get Jack as a human being, you know, now I'm really interested. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure what's going on with that trend. It does wax and wane, but it's, it's really on the uptick lately. And have, you, have you used uh, AI at all? Um, I've dabbled with it a little bit. I have yeah, really yeah. great wordsmithing skills and I'm pretty confident in my writing, but uh, I play around with it a little bit just to see what it'll give me back. But, uh, you know, I just, I just create a, I create a solid cover letter template for my clients and, you know, I have them, I have them send me obviously a job posting that they're interested in applying for because when we're at the conclusion of our working together, they're pretty much on their way and they, they, their job searching, obviously. And um, so I'll create the cover letter template for that position. And then um, they'll be able to customize it from then, you know, from that forward, day forward, but for anything else, but yeah, the cover letters are still being required. Now, now Shady, when people come to you, is there any type, is it that they're in between jobs? Is it that you know, they like their job, but they feel the market is good and want to find a better job. Any themes that you notice? 
<clears throat> well, I just, interestingly enough, I just had a client that I worked with, um, Pennsylvania-based, southern end of Pennsylvania. Um, she has worked for a very well-known bank for over 10 years and moved her way up quite, quite nicely in positions. And she just was becoming very, I guess, just checked out from the work she's yeah. doing. You know, wanted me to uh, approach a little bit of a different pivot in uh, we're doing some more work with compliance and uh, she just wanted to level up. She felt like there was just no place to go in the, the branch or the company. And um, so we, we worked together to reposition her a little bit and she actually was brave enough to go to her boss and say hey can we have a conversation I've been with you a long time and there's got to be something internal that I can look into so she's in the process of hope hopefully finding a great position to stay within the company because she really likes the company so it's kind of a great story but most people who come to me are looking to pivot or reposition or just level up you know they're yeah looking for the grasses of green, you know, they're looking for the greener grass. You know, I'm glad you brought up that uh, story about the person working at the bank, because most often, you know, I hear when people are looking for a new job, they're not thinking internally. But to me, I think that's uh -huh. a mistake because I would suggest to folks before they leave, maybe check with your boss and managers and senior executives to see, hey, what else can I do here? And I think by not doing that, you're selling yourself short because it could be, let's say that person that you're referring to, right? Let's just call her Jane. You know, Jane could have easily left, but by her just asking her boss, all of a sudden it opens up a whole other channel. And it doesn't mean a year from now, five years from now, two years from now, she could go somewhere else, but she can make that pivot. And I think if someone wants to make a pivot, Think about it. Does it? It's easier if you do it with your company because they know you, you know them. It's not so awkward to do it from scratch. So if you make some mistakes, they get it, you know, because they know you're a good worker to begin with. So that's, I think, an underrated thing that we don't talk about enough that mm -hmm. just get yeah, try internally first, figure out what you could do and how you can move laterally. So I'm glad I'm, you brought that up. I'm hopeful this will work out for her because yeah. she is a hometown girl and her family right. is like her. So she's not willing to you know, she doesn't wish to relocate and leave the area. She's very grounded with the culture and the town and she's young still, you know, so she's uh, looking just for a greater challenge. And I, I, I commend her for having the courage to go to her boss and say, hey, is there something else yeah. I can do here? You know, it does take a lot of courage. You're right, because you run the risk. Let's say I'm going to you, right? You're my boss. And, and I'm asking you, I got to worry a little bit like, huh, am I playing my hand? And is Shaney going to think I'm leaving? And then it's really uncomfortable. So it is a little risky. And I guess, so how would you tell her to like, say it, to smooth it out? Like for someone who's doing that, like, do you have, did you kind of advise her? Here's what to say. So they don't get freaked out. Like, oh, if I don't get this internal promotion, I'm quitting or it just goes downhill. I think they just had a very thoughtful conversation yeah. and it resulted in more positive than not. So, um, you know, I think they're going to work with her. So. Great. 
Great. Any, any, let's, so while on a positive, any, any other people who came to you that you had some positive, you know, uh, conclusions to helping out your client? Uh, you mean, you mean some, uh, any, any of my, yeah, other? like this sounds like a cool thing. Like, Hey, hey you know, you're help, help her get, hopefully she'll get that job. But any, any other people recently come to you and, you know, they're just feeling miserable and unhappy and all of a sudden they get a great new job. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a, I'm, I'm really proud of my track record and I, 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 I really get people moving in the right direction and on their way. And I, I, I think with our discovery call that we have, we really deep dive and we figure out, okay, what, what is it that you've been doing now? And what is it that you don't want to do anymore? And where do you want to go from here? So uh, you know, it's it's very productive, and it actually gives them a lot of confidence to think more for themselves, and you know, make brainstorm a little and make a list of things that you know they they want to do, and opens up their mind a little bit more to think beyond the, the job they're doing now. Is that common? Where like you'll sit down with somebody, like a new client. And then they're not really sure what they want to do, but they know they want to do something different. And you have to kind of tease out of them, you know, what's what will make you happy, what you want. Is that a typical kind of conversation that a career advisor would have with a person? Yeah. Um, you know, folks who work in education, who, you know, doesn't necessarily want to be um a principal of schools anymore maybe he wants to level up to be a superintendent of schools or you know we're going to try to position him to mm -hmm. a senior executive more uh, you know higher role out of the school system maybe in a consulting capacity so yeah people people come to me with okay I want to do something different you know or I just need my my resume is old and dated and it needs refreshed and updated but you know linkedin is really front and center and very important too so that's a passion of mine making sure that folks are properly leveraged on linkedin so when you say properly leveraged on linkedin what what do you advise people to do is this to get a get noticed to find a job or well what I, what i see most of the time when i when I work on clients' LinkedIn profiles, is they're they're just they're very under they're they're, they're very incomplete, really. Right. They have about seventy percent of it done, and you know they they're they're non-existent. Nobody knows who they are because they haven't completed they haven't completed the entire profile correctly because a they don't know. B, they never had anybody mm -hmm. teach them. Or C, they just completely don't understand right. the platform. I mean, you you and I both know that in order for social media to be successful, you have to engage. You have to be successful. You have to network with the right people. And you have to cultivate, really, um, who you want to be connected to and how those people are possibly going to help you in the future. And... I don't know if it's people just don't want to spend the time, but the time is now, mm -hmm. really, because you, otherwise you will just um, not be existent. Nobody will know who you are. 
So let's break it down. So for the people watching it now, but then also when we replay it and replay it and put, put it out again. So the first step you're talking about is the LinkedIn profile. And what you're saying is that oftentimes you look at maybe a client of yours or just in general, very sparse, right? They don't have everything there. And I, I, I concur with you on that because as a recruiter, the key is, and you have, you're a recruiter too, so is that you just want to find out, like you don't want to study that for half an hour. You want to just go to that profile and know they do A, B, C, and you're like, perfect. That's what I'm looking for. Boom. I'm happy. Instead of trying to figure out like, what, what do you do? Hmm. I'm not sure. I think you do some of it. I'm not clear. And then you just have a negative feel towards that person. So even if you want to help them later on, that first contact isn't very pleasant. It's like, wow, why, why didn't you put the time and effort into it? Now, do they ever say that? Like when you, when you say to them, Hey, like your profile is like bare naked, like what's up? Why aren't you doing something? Well, we have a convert once we're complete with the, 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 the way that my yeah. process works is we start with the, the discovery call, we get a plan in place and then we, we do the resume and mm -hmm. then we go LinkedIn and then we wrap up at the end and get them the cover letter they need or you know the, le the proper letter documentation that they're looking for and uh but when we we have a separate conversation about linkedin mm -hmm. and most people just don't know how what to do with it and i think that's why their profiles are struggling because i still see people today that don't have a profile picture you know, they don't have a banner photo. I just, I, I so. Do you think you know. it's because a lot of people, I feel, they think I they're going to only go to LinkedIn when they need a job or something of that nature. So if they're not looking for a job, it's, they just don't bother. And then they got to all of a sudden play catch up when they feel the need to do it. So like, yeah, you'll have that very bare bones. So it's almost like passive aggressive. They'll just put it on there, bare bones. But then when they need it, all of a sudden they go into overdrive. I don't. I don't really know. I just. I just. You know. I'm passionate about it, and I really think that it. It. It is a huge component in being successful with whatever career and field you're in. To leverage your industry, leverage yourself. Personal branding is so important. Who are you? What do you do? Um, you know, a strong, bold headline, um, you know, a very, very, you know, first person interpreted uh, about section so I can get a little sense of personality who you are. Um, I think what still people do is they copy and paste all of their, either the job description of what they, what they did for so long, or they just copy and paste their resume and you just, you know, that's just not the right approach. Mm -hmm. So, so the steps are this. So number one, you have to really pay attention to your LinkedIn profile, you know, have a, have a picture, have a good picture, you know, not like, I don't know if you, let, let's talk about this for a second. Do you see this? This is actually crazy. You have the picture of the guy with his like arm around his girlfriend or something like that, which is always so weird and creepy. It's almost like, Hey, I actually have a girlfriend. So I'm normal. Or someone who has like a logo of a sports team is like, why do you have a logo of a sports team instead of yourself? Or maybe a picture of their boat or car. You know, it's so bizarre, that's, that's right? Okay. 
<laughs> that's her Facebook and that's for, well, it's not Twitter anymore. It's X. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so so that's like a weird vibe, right? That's like a weird flex when you do that. I, I don't know why, or they think it's cool or no one just advised them like, no, that's not like helping your brand. So, so like you have to have a clean professional brand because I would imagine most people who are on LinkedIn for the most part are white collar professionals. Not everybody, of course, but most. So you want to have like a clean, sharp picture, right? You want to have a good banner. You want to have a good, what were you saying? Like, what do you call that? Where it's the summary, like a little bit about yourself. The about section. Okay. So mm -hmm. you have a good tight there. And then you started talking about what to do once you're on the site, like branding yourself and marketing yourself. Did you have some suggestions for people who feel like, hey, I'm looking for a job or I'm looking for a promotion, but no one seems to notice me. Like, what do I do? Like, how do I get attention? Well, <clears throat> so once you have a fully optimized profile, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're ready to go. You just... You need to know what to do. And what I find when I'm going through revamping or just, you know, just completely creating a brand new profile for clients is in their settings, they have a lot of those um, settings on privacies and networking reach um, either turned off or, um, you know, on mute or, you know, privacy is locked down to the max. and. Right. Um, you know, I can understand that being somewhat important to people in some really higher, you know, position roles, executive roles. Um, but you need to open up all of that. If you want to be a proper networker, you've got to open up all those parameters. And it's like letting the sunshine in a window. Well, you can, can you help me? Because I'm not sure of this myself. When you say the privacy, because I... I believe I have everything open to the public. Is there is there something you click on to say I want to be private or public? You have you have the the LinkedIn user of course has full yeah. control over what people see when they post and who they engage with and um you know the settings that are probably the more important is you know status updates you know um status, you know, updates, engaging and engaging and other, what other folks are doing and finding your tribe, if you will, you know, finding your league of people. And until you open up those parameters a little bit wider, you know, people aren't going to know who you are or what you do. So, you know, once that's open a little bit wider, they, they say, oh, I get it now, you know, LinkedIn is really a good place. Hmm. So how do you, so how do you do that? So how do you do that? So let's take the example of that woman, you know, who's at a bank, right? And maybe she wants to find a job in another bank within a location. What, you know, what would you suggest her to do when she gets on LinkedIn to get noticed by other banks who might be attracted to her background? Um. <clears throat> I would, I would probably follow some competitors of hers. Okay. And um, competitors meaning look at like competitor. maybe have like a defined say, like group of other companies. In finance, and she was at ABC Bank and wanted to go right. to Dominion or something. Okay. Um, you know, she would. I would, I would say on your off time, you know, do some internet research and find out 
maybe who the recruiting manager is, who the hiring manager is, et cetera, and maybe reach out to them and send them an email or a request to connect and you know have a private conversation. You can do things con on the confidential and on the down low safely on LinkedIn, um, you know, but your your privacy has to be a little, you know, uh, has to be just right. So, but for job seekers, you know, the the people who really want to be found on LinkedIn and and are actively looking for work, you know, you really need to open up those parameters pretty wide and tell people put put the you know open to work banner on and you know tell people what you really need to know. I saw so many this morning on my timeline about people who are really struggling and you know just I just need one last chance and you know it's like a, a real plea for help and you know so it's happening in real time so let's take a couple of things let's let's to 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 you know follow up on your on your thread here so person should say okay I'm looking for another role let me let me target you know make up a number five different companies I would love to work for you know respect five. them that's good five okay we'll go five so <laughs> five right and then and then you go after them and then look for an internal what talent acquisition person internal recruiter an HR person maybe even try to find who looks like they would be a hiring manager and then what send them a note or like a LinkedIn message or pay up for email and send them something saying hey I respect this company. I've, I've always admired it. I see that you have a role that's fitting, or even if there's not a role, Hey, I didn't see any roles, but I would love to work here. You know, what can we do? Can we have a coffee? Like, is that something you would suggest for people to do? I, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, be, be as organic and natural as possible, you know, to say I'm hearing real, you know, I I've been a fan of yours for years. I've used all your products. You're, you know, you're, you're, company is second to none. There's, I found a position that I really feel I could bring some value to, you know, who, who would you recommend I, you know, get in, get in touch with and, and start there, you know, ask and start somewhere. And then you were also talking about doing it on the down low. So I'd imagine sometimes you're a little nervous. You don't want your boss finding out your nosy, you know, busy body coworkers finding out. So you want to do it stealthily. So how do you do it that way, Shady? Uh, well, very carefully. Okay. I mean, uh, most people, I don't really know, years ago, you know, I, we, we always encourage people to not necessarily be connected to their boss on mm -hmm. social media um, because that's just, you know, it can be a little treacherous. Yeah depending on what you do on your off time, et cetera. But, you know, I certainly would, would be careful um, and, you know, be discreet. And there's definitely ways to search on your, you know, you, you, each LinkedIn user is the owner of their own profile. So take control of it. You know, you do it two things, a couple of things. Can you block your boss, you know, just so that, he or she can't see what you're doing. Um, I do believe also, setting where you can um, you can do that. I'm not exactly sure what it's called, but 
You'd have I to go into their profile, and then there's like the three dots at the top of their profile. Yeah. I think you can actually. I forget. I haven't looked into that lately, but what about also going incognito, so that you could search, but you're not dark mode. Yeah. Is that might be a way, right? Where you could send messages and you don't have to worry. I, I think, right? You wouldn't, no one else would see it because you're incognito unless it goes to the I'm intended sure Do that. Um, I think that might only be a premium option, though, to leverage that fully, you know, to yeah. be completely incognito or do private, private viewing or something like that. But yeah. search. Uh-huh. So what's your take on this? Because like I would suggest to people, if you're, you know, want to advance your career or you want to get a new job, I would go and shell out the money for all the extras, you know, all the premium features. So because because you know, once you're doing it, the more tools you have at your disposal is going to help. And then if you could get a new job, that's going to pay you like, you know, 10, 20 percent more. All right. So whatever you spend, 500 bucks, I don't know, a thousand bucks, it's probably going to pay for itself. And then so what, what do you think? And I'm not a shill for the, you know, LinkedIn. You know, I don't get paid by them to do it. I just look at it at dollars and cents, you know, in a return on the investment of time. I see both sides of the story. I mean, the, mm -hmm. the regular, not premium version of LinkedIn works really well for people. Um, most people, you know, think it's a little on the expensive side still. And so if they are recruiting at a company like Amazon or something, mm -hmm. they, you know, it would be, you know, most of most of those large companies will give their employees, you know, premium status so they can, you know, leverage the maximum on their on their, you know, that portal if that's what they use a lot for their job orders to fill and find people, et cetera. Um, you know, it's it's just a personal preference. What did you 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 talked about uh the open to work banner. What, what's your take on that? Are you pro oh, that green banner or anti that banner, agnostic? What, what, do you, what do you think people should do? Like I said, I think it's a personal preference. Um, I've seen positives and negatives with both. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I've seen lately, I've seen more positives. Mm -hmm. so, positives in what way? Like, that you know wow you know i i put my open to banner work on mm -hmm. and a month later i've got a great you know I'm, I'm accepting a great job you know i'm seeing a lot more of that those kinds of posts lately versus um you know it it, does, it works for some people and it doesn't for others um so what i tell people is you know try it for a month and see what happens and if you get any you know great leads and your linkedin is percolating a little bit more and you know you're 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 finding some more you know you're getting some traction on your job search if if you're struggling there then just remove it for uh, you know a week or two or three and see what happens i mean before that was even available nobody had that as an right. option you know so yeah. Do, do you coach people to, because this is a pet peeve of mine with the open to work banner, is that oftentimes I'll look at an open to work and it'll be something to the effect, and I'm going to exaggerate, it's going to be, oh, layoff, help me, I lost my job. 
And, and then I look at the profile and I can't figure out what job they lost, what they're looking to do next. And then I get irritated because like, wait, if you want me to help you, help me to help you, like make it really super clear, you know, okay, I lost my job working at Morgan Stanley doing accounting for uh, England, whatever it may be, right? It's like, oh, okay. So you're looking, you know, so, and now I'm looking to do accounting, but I'm back here in the US. So I'm looking to do accounting here in New York. Okay. All right. Now I get it. So if I'm a recruiter and I focus on accounting, I'm like, perfect. Do you, do you notice that too? Do you advise like your, your candidates, your clients, hey, be really specific if you put on that banner so people know what you're looking to do so they can actually help you? Well, if you find yourself in the, if you find yourself in the open to work banner situation, I think the first thing you should do is find somebody to help you with calling your LinkedIn profile and getting you as up to date and as current as possible because i think that's probably what lies in your pet peeve is that it's it's outdated it's not current and if you have to search and search and search like who is this person and right, to, right <laughs> probably haven't touched their linkedin profile in years yeah because if, if you want someone to help you want to make it easy for them to help you you're not hard right if we if we could circle back for a moment for for resumes because this is if what you know your tenth year in business which is amazing the data shows that most firms fail like within one year if not three years like if I don't know if you've ever looked at statistics for businesses particularly small businesses oh my god to last ten years it's like ridiculous it's so rare it's so rare it's amazing so that's a huge accomplishment that's 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 awesome. And so 10 years, so okay. let's say 10 years of seeing resumes. All right. All right. You have to have seen some doozies. Like, are there some stuff that you could, I'll, I'll share my, some, like what I've seen from a recruiter, right? Like as a recruiter, as an HR person, as now a resume writer, like what are some of the, and no, no names, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but like, have you seen stuff that you're like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. What do you, what do you think? Um, well, what takes the cake, I think, on the one that was the craziest <laughs> that I got was yeah. a 25 page resume. Wait, how many? 25. 20. Wait, how? <laughs> what did the person do? Two for 20. Like, even Elon Musk doesn't have like a 25 page resume. Like, what's what, what, like, what? What are they doing? They were multi-global and they worked all over the world and they just did not want to leave one one little detail <laughs> so like everything they've ever done in like 30 years they put on their resume it's like a book and you're not so, even talking about a cv right where and i'm embarrassed to say no, no. i only learned i only learned like i think it was with hannah morgan that I didn't know like CVs were different, like it's much longer, like a curriculum virtue. I thought they were the same thing as a resume. So it's not even that. You're talking about just a resume 25 pages long. What? So how did you straight face tell this person like you're nuts? I said, we've, I said this is going to be a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, first of all, 
you know, I just said 25 pages. I've never seen that in my life. <laughs> Did they fight you on it? Like thinking you're crazy, try to gaslight you? It was like, what are you talking about? How dare you, Shady? I helped them so they were going to listen to my best advice. Yeah. I said, I have to tell you, we're going to get this down to two to three pages. Did that person like have a heart attack? Like, I can't do two. Yeah, there was some silence at the other end of the phone. <laughs> I told him that for a second. But then I said, it's all going to be all right. Yeah. <laughs> but we even so, did his LinkedIn too. How, how many? How, well, see, LinkedIn, you can only do so much. So there you're trapped. You can't make it 25 pages on LinkedIn. Right, so. Right. <laughs> so so a 25 page resume. What what else have you seen that you like cringe? This is like crazy. Um. like 35 bullet points on what you can do <laughs> on your core competencies um oh my gosh what else can i think of here can i throw a few out while you're thinking yeah okay no particular one is this where this this drives me crazy you look at let's say the resume and this goes for linkedin too where i view it as real estate right it's prime real estate your resume and you want to get you know your position in, in a good spot so let's say someone has a, a job their current job then they'll have like two lines of their current job and then for their prior job and other jobs they'll have like like this much and it's That's not even awesome. relevant anymore it's like what are you doing it doesn't make any sense you want to put all the good stuff up front have you seen and i can't tell you how many resumes like that i'll see all the time I see a lot of redundancy in job, you know, ABC job. Mm -hmm. And then you get to the next page and it almost looks identical to what they did at the previous jobs. <laughs> you know, too much redundancy. Copy paste almost. Copy paste. And uh, um, what was the other thing I was going to say? Redundancy and um, no quantifiable metrics. You know, That's a good point. When you say that, what because like I hear that, what does that mean for people? Like when you say quantifiable metrics, well, what should people do? So, for instance, if you are a software executive, you know, did how many millions of dollars did you mm -hmm. your team generate for the company in quarter one through four in a yearly situation? Did you save the company any money with regards to undercovering, you know, benefits from people that have been termed, they're still being paid out. You know, I had a situation where I had a, that was a measurable metric for one of my HR people in, uh, I think it was North Carolina. He uncovered, you know, $500,000 that was wow. being paid out, but because people weren't properly termed, they were they weren't termed in the system, so mm -hmm. they were still getting health benefits. And he wow. had to get on to, uh, he had to do an investigation and get get some money retracted, but he was successful doing that. So yeah, you, you definitely want to highlight how you saved the company money, how many people you hired and managed, how many millions of dollars you, you, you sold, whether it was diamonds or bank accounts. Mm -hmm you know, whatever it is. So uh, that's, that's, those are really important. What did you do? What did you, how did you bring value to? 
That's really smart. That makes a lot of sense. So this way, by putting the statistics, the numbers, you could you could show, hey, I came here, let's say I'm a salesperson. You know, I brought sales from $100,000 to a million dollars within, you know, the year. Months then, time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so, yeah, but what happens for this? I'll give you an example. I recruit for predominantly compliance people. And those are kind of like the police officers of Wall Street. So they're not revenue generating. And oftentimes they're derided as like revenue, like standing in the way of revenue. So it's hard for them to have like metrics because they're not bringing money. They're playing defense. What right. do you do for those kind of people who can't give like numbers and look look at, you know, I beat quota. How can they do this, do kind of what like, the salespeople kind of like they could just to give some numbers to make it look like you did something positive. Um, well, I, I would definitely, you know, change the language a little bit. And there's a way you can probably uh, word that in such a way of uh, worked on, you know, Project X and uncovered <clears throat> or retrieved or recovered. Um, you know, X millions of dollars and, you know, oversight or I don't know, money laundering. But that's a good idea. Actually, money laundering is a good, good, good part. Just like it could be like, hey, by, you know, reviewing with my team, KY, know your customer and sanctions, we were able to ensure that, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars did get in here illegally, which would have ended up with billions of dollars in fines for the company. So even though it's theoretical, but at least you can make it sound like, oh, okay, this person is really on it. You know, this person really knows their stuff. Definitely a way to word that language without yeah. being, you know, too vague, but right. also not violate any privacy, you know, things. So, see, here's another thing with resumes. I'm, I'm curious. If we, do you notice a proliferation? There's so many online courses. And so many courses with like top Ivy League schools that they put it on the resume on LinkedIn, but some of them, not all of them, put it so that you're not really sure. Did they go to Harvard or this was just a certificate or I'm confused. Have you noticed that where, like, how do you feel about that? Should just take it off or you'd be very super clear? Well, I saw this during COVID, you know, a lot where folks were just braving to be certified or educated right. or, or, you know, just do something because nobody could leave home. You know, it was all, everything was remote. Right. And so what I always encourage people is certainly to be honest and ethical. And, you know, if, if you did take a certification in on LinkedIn, or if you took a certification at Yale online or Harvard online, or, you know, they have these courses that are, I don't know, six to eight weeks or something. If you obviously, if you completed it, you know, make sure that that's noted on your LinkedIn profile for sure, as you know, most current um, continuing education. But also, there's a place, there's a place on LinkedIn for sure that I know where you can say course, some coursework completed, mm -hmm. um, and you know, so it didn't mean you grad, it doesn't mean you graduated, but you at least it shows an employer perhaps to a prospective employer that you're perhaps in process. Um, like folks who are in the process of studying before they take their SHRM certification, a lot of times it'll say 
term certification training in progress at uh, estimated you know test date mm -hmm. um may 2024 or something you know so at least they see that you're you're working towards something you know i i think that that's a much more ethical way to go yeah than, you know just say you know definitely add some continuing education but be honest about it let me give from when you were a recruiter take check this out so i had this candidate great offer i want to say it's like maybe 250 something like that and on the resume they didn't have it but on their linkedin profile it made it look like they had a degree from the you know, top university mm -hmm. and they came back to me and said jack we're going to withdraw the offer because we think this candidate was really misleading because it made it look like they did graduate and they didn't it was just this kind of whatever accreditation this was before the proliferation this was before the pandemic where it became so common where it's a little less common so it's it's one of those things that I, you know i think people have to be careful with their resume because on one hand, you want to show off, hey, I did all this hard work to get a, you know, this certificate from such and such university, and I work really hard for it, or not to feel like you're tricking somebody, and then they find it three months later, and then they call you into HR and say, hey, wait a minute, you really kind of misled us with this. We thought you knew this thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, just uh, be transparent, be honest. Because it'll save a lot of trouble in the long run. Do you find this out, Shady, that on the other side of the equation is that I'll find resumes where they just leave out important stuff. So let's say in the securities industry, usually you need licenses to do certain things, like say the Series 7 license or the 24 or what have you. Right. And it takes time and effort and money to get these licenses. And they don't have it on. And that's the difference because sometimes, a lot of times, companies will specifically call for those licenses. And then I scratch my head, like, if I speak to a candidate, why didn't you put it on there? And they're like, oh, I, I don't know. I didn't think about it. So that's, do you notice that on resumes too, where you scratch your head, like, wait a minute, you have this really great thing you did, but you didn't bother putting it on? Is that, is that another thing you find out from people? Yeah, I do. Uh... You know, obviously your certifications are super important and there's a there's a special place for them to go on LinkedIn to certifications, accreditations, um, you know, and that's all very, very important. So unfortunately, that sounds like a major oversight on the job seeker because yeah. why in the world would he not put that on his resume if he is applying for a position that required title one, two, three certification or, you know, what have you. You also see this with resumes where, where instead of maybe putting their best foot forward, you know, like the first bullet point, second, like really did amazing stuff. It's a kind of no order. It's almost like they just, they, oh, I did this, write it out there. Oh, I did this, write it out there. And there's no, there's no pattern. There's no like, you know, it just like a mishmash. Do you, do you know what I mean? Do you see that where it's like, wait, you're not telling your story, right? Right. So a lot of times when I see a first draft of a resume that's poorly, poorly executed, whether it was on somebody else's part that wrote it or, 
probably the job seeker who tried to do a, uh, you know, just a copy and paste is, is it just doesn't tell me who you are. And, um, you know, it, some of them are, are poorly written in the way that they still say seeking job of X, Y, Z. And that's, that's definitely not what you want. So you want to highlight your greatest expert, you know, expertise and be the preferred candidate. And what's, when you do that, do you put your, like your best thing first and then second best, third best, How, like what's, what's the order, you know, when you put in a resume, you know, do you put like, Hey, here's like the awesomest thing I've done. Second, awesomest thing. Third, is that how it goes? Uh, um, <laughs> well, you know, you, you certainly would want to highlight, you know, um, you know, what industry you're in right out the gate, um, in, industrious executive, you know, digital content media strategist with 25 plus years experience in the field, you know, you know, tell us who you are, where you've been, what you're doing, and then, you know, come out and really hit hard with the top three things that you can do. And I call those pain points, you know, solve, solve the solve the pain points of somebody that's looking for this so you know you just you really just want to come out and say i'm i'm the preferred candidate um if it's a financial company saved you know you know worked on gl global contracts and saved and, and raised you know half a million in capital in you know 90 days when we were in a deficit before and like maybe this from deficit to you know, half a million in capital or whatever, but, you know, you've really got to come out with some metrics and some to your own horn a little bit, because otherwise you're going to just sound very generic. And that's good. That's really good advice. Now, let me ask you one last question, right? So how do you feel about this? I always see that maybe more like younger millennials and Gen Zs with resumes, they want to put on everything, you know, graphs, charts, pictures, I, I, whatever. Like, it's like almost they're throwing everything on it. It's like a pizza where you want everything on it. You know, you're not just to have like, you know, sausage and peppers. It's like everything on it. What's your take on it? Is that something that, you know, should be done, not be done? It depends on the industry if you're a creative industry. I see a lot of that only in the creative industry. Um, if you're going to be applying for an intern at MTV or Spotify in New York City or something, you know, that's where we can get a little bit more creative and fun with your resume. But if you're just talking about, you know, uh, you know, a professional, you know, mid to senior level role, I would really just refrain from a lot of graph, like no graphics. Um, I do some light color shading with my with my resumes, but they're very clean and professional. But um, definitely not a photo, unless it's a. I think that's more typical with CVs overseas, like in Europe. They that's that's a different approach. But you know, generally, you you know, American resumes typically don't have a, a photo. But, you know, yeah, keep it clean and less is more. Because, again, 
hiring manager has what five to seven seconds that they're going to glance at your resume and if they have to if they're distracted mm -hmm. by all these graphs and photos and color then they're just gonna you know discard it and say i can't deal with this does so, that also hurt when it goes through like ats systems that if you have all these crazy stuff on there and it really does yeah uh, it will it will reject candidates right away because the ATS doesn't understand all the. Um, it sees it as a an unqualified or or you know a candidate that's I don't know it's just it's just not a good thing to do. <laughs> so, but that's what I'm told that you know most of the ATSs will reject anything that clutters up a resume beyond the basics so this, is this is great I, this is uh, you know great advice and it's much needed advice you know i think it seems i'm curious your your take it does seem things are getting a little better i see more jobs online more people saying that they're getting jobs less layoff announcements than we saw for like months and months so the layoff but people, announcements have kind of settled right? down but right but people still still need this advice and help and all right, I lie. One last question. So 10 years after 10 years, okay, after 10 years, being a successful businesswoman, right? And was there anything I didn't ask you that you feel you like to share, you know, whether it's resumes, whether it's from HR, whether it's recruiting, you know, any last piece of advice that maybe we did talk about? I would just say if you are struggling with any area of your job search, whether it be resumes or interviewing or coaching, um, just find somebody that you can connect with, whether it's me or anyone else, and reach out to them and, you know, I guess get get out of your own way a little bit, you know, and and admit that you may need some some guidance in that area because a lot of people, this is just. It is very, very hard for an individual like myself. I, I couldn't even write my own resume. I had somebody else do it. You know, it's 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 just a very, very unique type of a of, of work. And in order for us, in, in order for a very successful resume and LinkedIn profile, you really need someone else's perspective to see see things that you didn't see and bring out the best in you. That makes a lot of sense. I, you know, I really love that advice because, you know, you can't have all the answers yourself. You need a coach, you need a sponsor, you need a mentor, you need someone, a trusted advisor, you know, so that could help you. Because you, know, you see that everywhere. You do your taxes, you get an accountant, you know, you have a legal issue, yeah, you get a lawyer. My, I would never dream of doing my own taxes. I have an accountant, you know, I just, the, right. that's, that's a great analogy, you know. Even the most, the best sports stars, have their own coaches who have not only like the, you know, literal coaches on the field, but, you know, their own coaches on the side, mental coaches, you know, help them with their mindset, help them with their game. So, so yeah, I think that's, that's a really great piece to add. So thank you so much for taking the time. Congratulations again, you know, in 10 years, that's awesome. And, uh, and I think you're going to help a lot of people with your advice. Well, I certainly hope so. You know, one client at a time. So <laughs> excellent. <laughs> Well, that, hey, wait, let, how can people find you? Where where, where can they? Uh... Um, 
laurelvirtualconsulting at gmail.com, linkedin.com, Shani Rutt. Um, and then I'm, you know, on social, Facebook, LinkedIn, and X. <laughs> Actually, but I just can't. it's just weird saying that, isn't it? It's I, I still say Twitter. I, I don't, it's, it's yeah. hard to. <laughs> but no, um, you can find me, most of my clients, you know, find me via LinkedIn. And I'm very responsive with turnaround time. And, you know, we just... Uh, you know, get you on your way and find that great job you're looking for. Fantastic. Excellent. Well, thank you once again, Janie. This is awesome. I'm glad you, you were able to give such great advice and congrats one more time, 10 years. That's awesome. <laughs> well, thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Right. Thanks so much. It was fun. Bye -bye. Uh, my pleasure. Bye-bye.